What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me, as he does for every college football podcast, is Joe Sieben. Joe, we're back for our second pot of the week, uh, Week 5 Preview. Uh, we talked about how loaded Week 4 was, but honestly, Week 5 feels like a really a really solid slate yet again. It's still got some great games, some top 25 matchups, some serious conference impl- implications and getting teams ready to see. I think it's kind of a contender or pretender week too. There's some undefeated teams that snuck by with easier schedules and have tough games um, that we'll chat through here. So really, really fun week, I'd say, and exciting to see who's going to be, whoever wins these week, this week in tough games is, is a contender going the rest of the way, I think. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, we're past non-con. We're, we're, we're in the conference part of, of the season, of the, mm-hmm. of the schedule. There's, there's good games every weekend, and, and there's tough tests for teams every weekend, even if it's not a ranked-on-rank matchup, which there's quite a few of those this weekend as well. But even if it's, you know, a Florida versus Kentucky, you know, we're going to learn a lot about Kentucky this weekend. We're yeah. going to learn a lot about Florida. Even though that's not a ranked matchup, that's a really good conference game. So it, it, it's certainly to the point of the season where where every week it's, it's just coming at us with, with good games. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of these games, too, like home field advantage becomes a factor in close games. Are guys playing? Has anybody hurt? Have they lost anybody? Who steps up? It's it's going to be a who's who and, and who can play their best game this season. and you know, you've had time to break off the rust and get ready to go go with some of these non-conference and, and uh, out-of-conference games that, you know, maybe weren't the cream of the crop. So be ready to fly. Even these sneaky games, like, against other teams in the conference, like, they want to knock off the undefeated teams and, and show that they can make uh, some spoiler picks. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited to watch these games. Yeah, and, and no boots on the ground for the corner this weekend, unfortunately. But uh, don't, don't, don't fret. I, I will be back. Uh, probably a Michigan's bye week. I, I, I'm I'm planning a college football road trip, and the listeners, you can vote on it. I'm I'm deciding between Wisconsin and Ohio State up in Madison, or Pittsburgh at Notre Dame in South Bend. I know obviously the Wisconsin game is the better matchup, but I, I've always wanted to go to see a game in South Bend. So tough decision there. Uh, maybe we'll do a poll on the corner. Yeah, you should throw up a poll on the corner. Yeah, and, and we know. You know, the Wisconsin tickets are a lot more expensive, but that was my upset of the year pick, right? So do I want to go watch that game in person? Uh, we'll see. Um, but we'll we'll certainly have boots on the ground. My point is we'll have boots on the ground at some point again this season. So, so don't fret um, on that one. Let's get into the week five slate. Game of the week. We're going through the same kind of superlatives as we do every week. Uh, we also added in, since we're in week five, uh, we're almost to October. Um, no, October. Is, well, yeah, we're almost to October. I was gonna. I was thinking of October first is Saturday, but it's actually Sunday. But the point is, we're almost in the second month of the season, and we're gonna get into our Heisman Power Poll on this podcast, as well as a hot seat tracker uh, for some of the coaches that are on the hottest seats in in the country. But without further ado, let's start with our game of the week. Joe, where are you going for an interesting yeah. week slate? Yeah, interesting week five slate. We talked about these guys earlier in the week on Tuesday in our week four recap. Give them some both both of them some some love and some screen time. I've got number ten Utah going at number nineteen Oregon State. Oregon State is a three and a half point favorite. Cam Rising still up in the air as of, at the time of this recording. He's splitting pack practice reps this week uh, with Mister Johnson at quarterback. We'll see. I think they need Cam Rising this weekend. Playing Corvallis, it's going to be tough. Oregon State coming off a tough loss in Pullman to Washington State last week. 
I think a big game for DJ and his coaching staff to prove that, hey, we're here in the Pac-12. We're here as a Power 5 team. We want to be here after this season. And a big chance to prove it against Utah. Utah has been carried by their defense to this point. Oregon State's a great offense with DJ running the show there. So as three-and-a-half-point favorites, um, scares me a little bit because Utah's the 10th-ranked team in the country. If they can get Cam back, be wary of the rust. But if he's there, I like Utah in this game. But sneaky one for Oregon State at home as a favorite. So um, we'll keep on the beads. I'll, I'll give my pick uh, and when we put it on Instagram with our picks later this week. But three-and-a-half-point favorites, big game for DJ to bounce back after losing to Washington State. And I think Utah is going to need that defense to control the line of scrimmage, shut down the Oregon State offense, get Cam Rising back, get him going, break off the rust, and hopefully come out with the W in Corvallis. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I think it's Friday night, first of all, which is, you know, that's, I, I feel like adds a different element and a different vibe to it. Short week, uh, night game. Um, and, and yeah, the, obviously the story is Cam Rising, right? Does this line move if, if it's announced that he's starting, right? And we talked about the rust and, you know, just the fact that Utah hasn't lost with with their backup quarterbacks running the show. I'd say this is probably their toughest test of the season just because DJ has a lot more experience than Dante Moore does at UCLA. And and that game was at home for the Utes uh, against UCLA last weekend. First really tough road test. You know, they went to Baylor and won, but that game was a noon kick and Baylor was playing their backup quarterback. Um, Now that this probably the best quarterback they've played all season. So I'm really curious to see how the, how the defense holds up against a a good, um, you know, high level quarterback. And can the offense get going if Cam Rising comes back into the fold? So really, really fun one for your game of the week. I'm certainly going to be tapped into that one on Friday night. My game of the week features your LSU Tigers, now adopted team, uh, going to Oxford facing Ole Miss. Quinchon Junkins, you know, played against Alabama last week, but really didn't do much, was kind of limited. LSU struggled against an okay Arkansas team at home, ended up winning 34-31 on a last-second field goal. They're two-point favorites in this game in Oxford. Um, and, you know, both teams have a loss already on their schedule, uh, on their record. So it's, you know, loser leaves town matchup. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to see how Ole Miss bounces back, right? We saw how bad that second half went for them against Alabama um, last weekend. LSU, uh, you know, has that tough loss against Florida State, uh, but ha- has bounced back solidly. And, and I thought they were going to really like, skyrocket into you know up the rankings as they dominated teams week after week bit of a setback last week against Arkansas are they legit um I think this is a a measuring stick game for them again uh this weekend against Ole Miss in Oxford true road game their first true like tough road game of the year uh, because that Florida State game is a neutral site obviously so I'm curious to see how the Tigers come out they're only two point favorites which tells me that Vegas might be leaning Ole Miss in this game yeah, at home, Ole Miss, only two points, which, I mean, in reality, they're probably going to win by three or more, whether whichever side it is. So um, essentially, it's a pick in my eyes for this game right here. Um, only two-point favorites. But, yeah, they got to they gotta show up. they got to be ready to roll. They're on the road. SEC road games are tough to play. They're at Oxford. Um, you know, they beat Arkansas, but didn't do it handedly. It's a close game for sure. Had to go down to the wire. Um, I obviously love the Tigers in this one. Going to take them for sure. But it's going to be tough. And I think watch Jackson Dart in this game. Can he play, you know, more of a veteran-like game like K.J. Jefferson did last week when I saw him in person. He, he kept him in that ball game. He made plays 
He extended plays with his feet. Can Jackson do that? And yeah, don't right. make a backbreaking mistake. Don't throw across the middle. Don't throw the picks. But if it's there, you know, take that deep ball and, and try to take the top off the defense there. So can Lane Kiffin, Jackson Dart bounce back against a really top LSU team at home? You know, they, the cards are on the table. They need this one or it's going to be back-to-back SEC losses and going to be tough sledding the rest of the way. So it'll be curious um, to see what happens here in a, a big test for LSU, you know, on the road in Oxford. And can Jaden Daniels keep it rolling and, and keep putting together a sneaky Heisman campaign, I think. Lane, yeah, Lane Kiffin needs his signature Ole Miss win. You know, they've been good. They went 10-2 and two in, in 2021, but they lost to Alabama that year. Uh, they beat a bad Tennessee team. They lost to Auburn. They beat an okay uh, A&M team. My point is, you know, that season they had a great year, but they didn't really have any signature wins. Last year, no signature wins um, uh, as well. You know, they lost to LSU, Bama, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. They lost a bowl game. Um, so if there was ever a time for Lane Kiffin to finally get a, like a, a statement win, first of all, we thought it could have been last weekend. It wasn't. This is it. This is, I mean, they play at Georgia later in the year, which I don't think they have any chance in. This is your chance to like say, we are good. Like we, we belong with the big boys in the SEC and, and I'll give my pick out later in the, uh, tomorrow, Friday, when we drop the, the, um, our, our graphic, our, our picks, but they almost need both teams really obviously need this game. And, and I think that's going to make it that much more interesting. Just both teams really fighting for, for their lives and fighting for SEC supremacy. Yeah, hundred percent. This is a huge game. I mean, LSU needs it. They can't afford another loss right now. And on the Ole Miss side, you win this one and you're right back in the thick of it the rest of the way. So it's a huge game. That's going to think define the rest of the season for both of these programs. Absolutely. Must win game for both of those teams. Let's move into our upset of the week. Um, you're one and three on the year. I am currently 0 and four. Like we said on the last pod, we're just trying to hit like one, two, maybe three of these the entire season uh, and, 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 you know, make break even. You know, if you put a $5 bet on all of these matchups, just the payout on if you hit one of them, you know, you're going to, you're going to break even, hopefully, depending on how big the line is. Um, so where are you going? Upset of the week this year. Or yeah. This week. I I talked about about a lot about him on Tuesday. I just mentioned him again, but I'm going with KJ Jefferson and the Hogs, man. So I'm in person, and maybe it was just the recency bias, but I think they're due for a win. I mean, they they were right there, they're right there against BYU, tough loss two weeks ago, and losing LSU. Um, they've got. I'm checking right now to see if this one's at home, which I think it is. It is. So they have Texas A&M coming into town. And I think they knock them off. I'm going to take Arkansas in this one. They're a touchdown underdog, but they're at home. KJ Jefferson leading the show there. Um, Hopefully Raheem Rocket Sanders can come back. He's been out most of the year with an injury. But if he's back and KJ plays like he has, I think they can knock out Texas A&M, who might be sleeping a little bit. They dominate Auburn, and and they're looking good right now. But going up to Fayetteville, I I think they can get the win this weekend. Connor Weigman injured last weekend against – against Auburn. So I think they're going to be without him for this one. They say he's day-to-day with a lower leg sprain. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but either way, he's he's banged up. So I, I like that pick. I mean, Arkansas did look respectable in, in, in uh, Baton Rouge last weekend. Um, I also see you have another one on here. Do you want to get into it? I mean, I like the, your second pick as well. Yeah, my second one, uh, Neil Brown off the hot seat. It's not going to be my formal pick, but I think it's worth a sprinkle. West Virginia plus 360 
versus TCU. They're sneakily three and one, and I think TCU showed their their little bit of a kryptonite against Colorado, and they're not quite as good as we may have thought going into this season. So West Virginia coming around, it could be you know if they win this one, they might be legit in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. I mean, their their offense hasn't been great by any stretch of the imagination. They struggled against Pitt. They uh, struggled last weekend against Texas Tech, but they they're winning games. They have a tough they. They went to Happy Valley and played a tough road game to start the season. So they have that experience under the belt. I like that pick. My upset pick, I'm going very, very basic this week. Uh, it's you know a plus 130 underdog, so barely an underdog. But I'm just trying to get on the damn board with these upset of the week picks. I'm going Utah over Oregon State. It's a bet on Utah's defense. It's a bet on hopefully Cam Rising coming back and, and taking advantage of a line that I think Utah, you know, in a game that I think Utah should be favored in. And I know it's on the road. I know it's a weird Friday night game. I know Cam Rising's hurt. But I just think Utah's a better football team than Oregon State, uh, a better football program as well. So that's my upset of the week pick. I know it's boring, but they're I know they're 10th in the country. I know Oregon State's 19th, but they are underdogs in the betting world. So it is technically an upset uh, betting-wise. I'm going with the Utes over Oregon State. Got to do what you got to do sometimes. I mean, I thought it was a weird line in the first place. It's a 10th-ranked team in the country, and they're dogs right now at Oregon State. So, hey, take what's there. I agree. Take what's there. I didn't didn't love any of the other plays on the board this week. I, I did like that West Virginia pick as well for for over TCU if you're going for a little bit of you know longer odds. Uh, moving out of uh, out of upset, under-the-radar games, some some sneaky good games this weekend, Joe. What, what are you targeting? What are some games that you're going to be locked in on? There's some cool games. There's some cool games. At the beginning, there's some sneaky undefeated teams. Louisville's 4-0. They're 4-0. They're three-point favorites. They're going at NC State. Tough place to play, though, I think, this weekend. They've got the old Kentucky quarterback, uh, Devin Lilly. No, they have the Virginia quarterback, Brendan Armstrong. But um, they're 3-1 with their only loss being to Notre Dame. So fun game there, Louisville at NC State. There's a Friday night one as well. So we got two two good Friday night games. Yeah, because Utah, Oregon State's Friday night. So um, some good Friday night games. We got SEC, Florida going to Kentucky. Kentucky's 4-0. Are they legit? Can they beat Florida at home? They're two-and-a-half-point favorites, so it's kind of a pick them there. Can Florida right this ship, get a big win there against an undefeated SEC team? Um, Seven-point favorites, Clemson, another undefeated one. Syracuse, 4-0, and they're at home. They yeah. beat Clemson. You know, Clemson season's on the ropes, and – they're downhill, and, and somehow Syracuse would be 5-0. and We're talking about as a top 25 contender, I'd say, at that point. Um, Clemson, Clemson, sorry, Clemson's seven-point favorites in that one. I, I, yes. like, I like Syracuse on the plus seven. You like Syracuse, the plus seven there. They're undefeated. And then a 4-0 matchup, obviously Texas, you know, top five team, unbelievable win against Alabama a few weeks ago. They're at home as 17-point favorites. But in come the Jayhawks of Kansas, knocked them off a few years ago. They're undefeated. Are they legit? Can they keep it close? Can they make magic happen again down there? Um, we'll see. Notre Dame goes at Duke. Duke's undefeated. Notre Dame's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Game Can day Duke hide that early season magic? They knocked off Clemson in my upset pick of the year pretty much. And they, if they win this, man, they might be legit. Notre Dame's another good win. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Maybe Notre Dame shows up and, and has some vengeance after last week, but that's a sneaky game right there. That's a tough bounce back game for Notre Dame. And Riley Leonard is legit. You know, yep. Riley Leonard will probably hot take. He might be the next Alabama quarterback. I'm just saying he might, he might be, oh, he, might be oh, in that portal. he might be in that portal. 
So I, I like him. Um, and, and, you know, this is the game day game. So good spot for, for Duke football, uh, getting more attention. You know, that, that school gets a lot with their basketball team, but uh, football team, not as much. So good to see kind of there a lot of, a lot of like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, all the, the basketball blue bloods are actually really good at football this year. All those teams are undefeated so far. Yeah. So that's awesome. And my last one would be South Carolina goes at Tennessee. Tennessee is 12 and a half point favorites, but I don't know, man. Rattler's got, you know, he's got it in him. I think in some of these games, they could easily get blown out of the water um, on the road at Tennessee. But also at the same time, South Carolina has been playing these games close. They played Georgia well. So don't be surprised if they're in this game late and, and make something happen. Yeah, I like that game. Uh, my coworker, George, uh, South Carolina alum, big fan. Uh, he he said, I asked him, we talked about this at work today, just kind of getting his thoughts on the game. He said, extremely nervous, feel like it's going to be a shootout. Uh, he also said, he's just not confident in the Cox run defense or secondary at this point. Uh, so he said, if we walk out of there with the win, we'll go to 10 and two. So love to see it. Uh, love to see it for the Cox. Love it. Roll Cox. Go, go, uh, Spencer Rattler. You know, he, we trust, I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, like, I know this game's on the road too. Like South Carolina looked really good in the first half against, against Georgia. So yep. I mean, could they do it again? Why not? Tennessee's not as good as Georgia. They're going to need a full game, but they've got a shot. And as two point or two touchdown dogs, like you almost kind of like the spread too, if they can just stick around there. Yeah. And it's an interesting litmus test for Tennessee coming off that really tough loss in the swamp. They played UTEP or UTSA, whoever, last weekend. This is their first real game since that tough, tough loss to Florida. How do they come out? Do they bounce back? Um, or, you know, if this game's a lot closer than the experts expect, if South Carolina keeps it within one score, I think we're thinking a lot differently about this Tennessee team this season. I know that Florida, that Florida loss already kind of put us in to put some doubt for Tennessee in our heads. This game's close. Again, I just, uh, Tennessee might not be that great this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great litmus test. Who you got? If if you lose Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, like you're not going to be as good. But still, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of hype on Joe Milton coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got all of those um, echoing you. I'm really excited for that Florida Kentucky game. Um, t- Kentucky's four and zero quietly, but they haven't played anybody. I think it's Ball State, Akron, uh, Vandy, and like someone else really bad. So this is their first game where you know they're going to be tested. They're two and a half point favorites. Um, I'll be, I'll be locked into that one. That's a noon kick Eastern time, Clemson, Syracuse, Kansas, Texas, Notre Dame, Duke, all of those games, uh, Boise state, Memphis for a group of five matchup. If you're intrigued or if you have any interest in, in the group of five Boise state, tough start to the season, losing to UCF and getting spanked by Washington, but they bounced back, uh, bounced back with a couple wins. So they're going to Memphis, which is kind of an interesting one. Uh, Memphis obviously coming off that loss against Missouri, but I think they're good. Blake Watson, like I said in last week's pod, I think he's kind of one of those guys from Memphis. They they just like produce skill guys out of nowhere. Calvin Watson caught a, caught a touchdown for for the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Another Memphis product. I think Blake Watson could be that next guy for them. So uh, tough bounce back spot for Memphis here. You know, losing to Missouri, Boise State's they're no slouches. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. West Virginia TCU and then NC State Louisville as well are. Um, some games I'm targeting uh, to watch this weekend. Um, other than that, you know, there's there's not much. Obviously, you know, the 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 headliner is USC Colorado, big noon kickoff, which is I think kicking off at 10 a.m. local. Right, you're an hour behind me, Colorado. Yeah, hour behind you. 10 a.m. local. I mean, 
does USC start out flat? Now, we didn't talk about USC Arizona State last weekend, but that game was a lot closer than the the experts. Home slate, yeah. Tell everybody to show up. Yeah. So I, I and I talked about it on the preview podcast. Until UFC uh, USC proves to me that they're not soft as, as Charmin Ultra Soft, uh, I'm not going to believe in that defense. And you know, um, Arizona State was pushing the ball against against USC. So I think Colorado is going to have a much easier time moving the football against this USC defense than they did the the USC uh, the Oregon defense last weekend. Uh, so I expect this game to be closer than the experts expect. And I think Colorado covers the spread. Do they win the game? Probably not, just because uh, USC has more talent from top to bottom. They do have better lines. Um, but I think this one could be close. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a 42-6 to six drubbing like they did up in Eugene this past weekend. Um, I don't think Colorado's defense can shut down Caleb Williams. He'll just light him up. But I think USC's defense is susceptible to giving up some points. So Colorado will play a lot better and, and get on the board and, I don't think Travis Hunter is going to play again. I think he's a huge loss, you know, these these two games yeah. here, offense and defense, you know, both sides of the ball. So, and they'll play better. A lot of hype still around this team in this game. But um, expect USC to win, but Colorado is sneaky cover, I, th- I think, putting up some points here and, and maybe getting a timely stop here and there. Maybe getting a nice cover. Um, but this is, you know, USC's first game against a team with a pulse. You know, I think Arizona State's the worst team in the Pac-12 this season. So, yeah, well, maybe Stanford, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. So, this I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for USC by by any stretch of the imagination. If if I had to bet on this game, I, I would take Colorado uh, uh, with the points. So that it, it'll be an interesting one. It's also really early, like I said earlier. So you know USC could very well come out flat. Just the fact that it's on the road and they had to travel to to Boulder for this one. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, moving into our locks of the week. I'm coming off a win, and you're coming off a, a tough loss. Uh, but where are you going to 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 bounce back this week? I'm going with, going with some favorites right now. I'm between Maryland minus fourteen versus Indiana and Georgia minus fourteen and a half at Auburn. I think my formal pick is going to be Maryland minus fourteen versus Indiana. They get rolling. They've played fantastic. Indiana's on the ropes. They're not playing well at all. Tom Allen's probably on the hot seat right now. Yeah. So give me the chirps. Two touchdown favorites. I like that one. Um, I, I think Indiana's a really bad football team. You know, quadruple overtime against Akron at home, just not a good look. Uh, and I don't know if you saw the video. I saw it on TikTok of Tom Allen singing the Indiana fight song in the locker room after the game with the team. It was so great. It was really bad. There's this one player that looked like he just wanted to hop in the portal right then and there. <laughs> it's bad. If, if you guys haven't seen it, go look it up. Uh, very, very cringeworthy. Now, I'm really curious about this Georgia spread. Why is that only 14 and a half? Insert, insert Brian Winhorst pointing meme. Why? What is going on here? Why is this one only 14 and a half? know something because Auburn just got the brakes beaten off of them down at, at College Station in Texas A&M, who's not as good as Georgia. So why are they only 14-point favorites? I know the South Carolina game was close, but they still did win handily in the second half. Two touchdowns, not a lot for the number one team in the country versus Auburn. It's just not. Yeah. And year one for Hugh Freeze, he had some comments saying uh, something about the rivalry. He doesn't understand why this this game's such a big rivalry or, or whatever. He doesn't understand why there's so much hate or I don't know. You, you can go look up those comments. He had some weird, uh, some weird things to say about this rivalry. But 14 and a half, it makes me want to take Auburn just out of principle. Like I feel like this line should be three touchdowns, not two. So 
I, I keep that one circled. Maybe Auburn can can stay in it. Um, something to watch. Like, is is there some news that hasn't broke or something, or is there something going on at Georgia? Like, I just feel like as the number one team in the country, and Auburn's not. They're not like a cakewalk, but I mean, Georgia's usually got to be favored by. It. They're what like twenty eight point favorites versus South Carolina the other mm-hmm. week. So. If you like Georgia and you want to get on them, I mean, it's a heck of a line for you if you think they're going to dominate this one. Yeah, I mean, first true road test for the dogs this year. Maybe that's why. But it's not like Auburn's in LSU or or Tennessee. Obviously, they wouldn't be favored by 14 points against LSU. But I don't know. I, I keep that one circled as I think it's a 230 kick. Maybe, uh, maybe Auburn keeps it close for a little bit. I, I don't know. My lock of the week, I'm going for the first time this season, knock on wood, I'm going to the well, I'm going to the Michigan Wolverines, I'm going for my team. Uh, When I wrote this down, the line was 17 and a half, but I think it's 18 now. Um, They're at Nebraska. I like it at 17 or 18, uh, either way. So it's back down to 17 and a half right now at DraftKings. So so I'm going to say 17 and a half for, for the sake of the picks. They're at Nebraska. Michigan hasn't put together a complete performance. You know, they didn't look great in, in the first couple quarters against Rutgers moving uh, moving the ball in, um, uh, last week. They won the game handedly. Uh, it was close in the third, 17-7, until Mike Sanderstall had a really nice pick six. He's he's elite. He's all over the place um, for the Michigan defense. Michigan defense has been great so far this season. One tough play to start the game against Rutgers, but otherwise shut them down, shut down their passing attack. Um, but that game was a little closer than the final score indicates. I think Michigan's one of those teams, knock on wood, that kind of just gets better as the season progresses. Big thing with Michigan, obviously, the last two years, they've had the best offensive line in the country. The the O-line has been getting in sync so far this year, uh, but they're not quite there. Uh, None of them had, they didn't have spring ball together, which, you know, is is huge in in terms of building chemistry and kind of learning each other's tendencies. They didn't have that this year. Uh, Ladarius Henderson transferred over from Arizona State. Uh, you also have Drake Nugent and Miles Hinton also transferring over. Um, both of those guys were from Stanford. So none of them played in spring practice. So these first four or five games until really the Penn State game, hopefully none of the games are close. They're just going to be used to kind of build chemistry and um, you know learn to play with each other. Michigan's running game only averaging 4.97 yards per carry, uh, which is 33rd in the FBS. Last year, they were at 5.58 which was good enough for third in the, in the nation. Uh, and, and then in 2021, they were 18th at 5.22. So I think this offensive line, I, this is going to be the first week where we start to see them make some more strides as they build more chemistry. Ru- Nebraska has a really good rush defense, only allowing 1.82 yards per rush, second in the entire FBS. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think Michigan should be favored by at least three touchdowns against a Nebraska team that uh, they moved on from Sims that are on their backup, who I think is better anyways. Um, but this game's a 230 kick in Lincoln. I just think Michigan can can squeak by uh, and win by three touchdowns. I think this is going to be the week where we start to see, well, first of all, it would be Michigan's first cover of the year. But I, I just think Michigan finally kind of gets the ball rolling offensively more so, especially with the run game this week. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a heck of an upset for Nebraska to win this one, let alone just stay in it within a touchdown or two. So I like Michigan and big this weekend. It's just not a matter of if they're going to win. It's just a matter of how much can they put a complete game together. Don't get late, lackadaisical in the second half. You know, put the foot on the gas and, and really put it put it home here with J.J. And the, and the rushing attack and shut down Nebraska. So um, we'll see if there's any magic up there in Lincoln. But uh, probably going to be all Wolverines this weekend. 
I I hope so. Some other picks I like. Syracuse plus seven against Clemson. Kentucky minus two and a half against Florida. Texas minus 17 against Kansas. Auburn, I mean, I'll take it. Plus 14 and a half against Georgia. Maryland, I love that. Minus 14 against Indiana. Michigan State plus 11 and a half at Iowa. I know they're terrible, but I just don't think Iowa should be favored by more than three against any team, uh, especially in the Big Ten. And then West Virginia plus 10 and a half at TCU are some other picks that I like. You want to get into our Heisman rankings, our Heisman power pool as we head into week five? Let's do it. Let's do it. Still might be slightly premature, but after this week, there's some big games. So I figured we get a, our initial rankings out here. For me, number one, looking to go back to back, Caleb Williams, USC, big game this weekend against Colorado, a lot of hype. So I think he puts up some more numbers and he has to in these games. The defense isn't going to win the game for him for the Trojans. So he's got to keep doing it. He's been lights out to start the year. Another guy who's been lights out, Michael Penix Jr. So was it, or Washington, he's been an absolute dynamite, uh, like over 400 yards every game, touchdowns you know, left and right. They're dominant. Um, and most of mine, I should have said the Pac-12 rankings, really, of the quarterbacks, because my third guy is Cam Ward at Wazoo. Big win this past weekend, over 400 yards, multiple touchdowns against Oregon State. Um, next, Bo next at Oregon. All these guys are going to be playing each other. Massive games late in the season, quarterback matchups. Whoever, if anybody comes out undefeated in these, they've got to be the front runner and leader because it's probably going to be because the quarterback played lights out in these games. But awesome guys, you know, veterans, guys who have been around the programs for a couple of years too. And love to see it for the Pac-12. I think my my fifth spot goes to guys from other conferences, Jordan Travis, ACC, Florida State, Dylan Gabriel, OU, Big 12, and Jaden Daniels, LSU, SEC. So um, really a Pac, uh, Pac-12 heavy quarterback ranking for me. Yeah, uh, I like those picks. Mine's very similar, so I'll just go through it. I got Michael Penix Jr., uh, number one. Uh, he has 1,636 passing yards to Caleb Williams, 1,200. Uh, 16 touchdowns, two picks. He had one bad pick against Cal last weekend. Uh, didn't need to throw that pass. And then Caleb Williams, 15 touchdowns to, to no picks. Now, it's important to note, Caleb Williams does has played one extra game one more game than Penix because they played in week zero. Um, and Caleb also has three rushing touchdowns. So those two are neck and neck. Um, and then third, I got uh, – second, I got Caleb Williams, obviously. And then third, I got Cam Ward. He's really, really underrated um, this season. I mean, you got to put some respect on his name. You, I would say out of all of the Pac-12 quarterbacks, Cam Ward has the two best wins in beating a Power 5 team in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. in beating Oregon State, a ranked team. Both – both teams were ranked at the time they played. Um, and I know both those games were at home, but he's very underrated in my opinion. I think I was really shocked to see his odds on DraftKings. He's currently plus 4,500 to win the Heisman, which is like 12th best odds. He's behind Drake May, Tyler Van Dyke, Drew Aller, Kyle McCord, Dylan Gabriel. I just think he's had better seasons than those guys so far. Uh, they're, on, they're on a bye week this week, so we won't see anything from him. But put some respect on his name. Fourth, I got Bo Nix. And fifth, I'm going Jordan Travis. Uh, you got to tip your cap to Travis. He's won two really, really, really big games for the Knowles. And, I mean, he figures to be in the, ra- the race. You know, he's going he's gonna to get some games where he's going to be able to stat pad moving forward, um, considering their schedule is relatively easy in the ACC. So he's certainly one to watch. He might skyrocket up the list uh, as the weeks progress. I think they have a bye week this week, uh, so no game for, for him. Yeah, so big games for a, a couple of these guys up here in the Pac-12. Just watch these guys. 
you know, going against each other late in the season. So give me some fun ones to watch. But how about the Pac-12 dominating these rankings? Pac-12, man, QBU. Who would have thought in the last season of its existence, probably, unless they go with the Pac-2, that the Pac-12 would be so entertaining? And it's just it's loaded with QB talent. This quarterback class for the NFL is is is, is loaded. We didn't even mention Shooter Sanders. Uh, the only reason I didn't have him on here, first of all, is the huge loss at Oregon. And then I just think they're going to fall off the rest of the way. And I don't know if he's going to be able to kind of stay in this race where USC, Washington, Oregon, Wazoo are all better teams. Like you're not going to give the Heisman to a 7-5 quarterback. And and he just – I know it was a tough game for the whole team, but they just didn't show up in any facet against Oregon. So you got to at least make it competitive, but they just got the, the – just got blown out of the water really. Yeah, uh, tough one. Hot seat tracker. We're, we're going to start doing this maybe every other week, every week. Um, just some coaches that are on the hot seat. You know, we had our picks heading into the year. Let's let's kind of give give you guys an update on where we stand. Yeah, for me, the number one guy right now is he's on the opposite side, the wrong end of my my lock of the week. It's the opponent for the Maryland Terrapins. It's Tom Allen in Indiana. You know, we just talked about him. It's been a tough slide in the, the beginning of this year. They had that COVID season magic where you thought something might be there. You got the big extension for him and you know, he was building a program, but they really just, I mean, barely beat Akron, like quadruple overtime this past this past week and a tough one versus Maryland here. And it's not going to get any easier in the Big Ten East for them. So this season or, or in future seasons. So I don't know, do they do they cut bait at the end of this one? Um, going to be tough and we'll see how they play against Maryland. Are they still fighting for them and, and trying to get that one? Second, it's Iowa. It's Kirk Ferentz, but not so much him as it is his son, Brian Ferentz. I mean, just anemic on offense. And yeah. this team can win that division and be in the Big Ten Championship game this season. And they have opportunities this year and, and years past. All they need is offensive play. Like, switch the offensive round. Come around that. You can run the ball, but you need a quarterback, which they got in Cade. Well, now you have Cade, but you still can't do anything. So it's a system. It's something wrong. is on offense. The defense does all it can. They score points themselves. But at some point, you know, people are going to come calling. You've got the thing in the contract with this with his kid. But – I mean, at some point, it you just you got to let them go. You know, if they can't win these games, so we got to step it up and put up points in in some of these Big Ten games. So we'll see what happens there. And I guess honorable mention or dishonorable mention. He's only in his second season, so don't really see it's quite the hot seat. But Virginia Tech's kind of in disarray with Brent Fry, the old uh, DC up at Penn State, but just lost to Marshall. So going to need some wins in the ACC to to cool that one down a little bit. I think Marshall is the Power Five killers. Uh, yep. Last year they beat Notre Dame. And then last week they beat Vatek. So they're undefeated on the year, 2-0 and in their last two Power 5 games. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's not, not a team you want to play if you're if you're a Power 5 squad. Um, so, yeah, I like those picks. My I got Tom Allen first as well. Uh, not that expectations are too high for Indiana football. It, it just makes me wonder, why was Penix ever there in the first place? Uh, the way they struck gold with him. Yeah, and, and their schedule doesn't get any easier. They go at Maryland, then a bye, then they go at Michigan. I'll be at that game. Uh, home versus Rutgers, who's good, at Penn State. Home versus Wisconsin, <laughs> at Illinois. Home versus Michigan State, at Purdue. They they have two wins on the board right now. I don't know. They'll maybe I mean, you look at the last three games, they should be competitive, but where is the team at? I mean, I see them losing for the next month. Yeah, yeah it's going to be three, four wins again for the Hoosiers, and I'm sure those fans are already looking forward to um, basketball season. Now, I mean, they were the, the one year that they were good 
was the 2020 season when they went six and one. So it's not like they were good in a 12 game slate. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that he's on the hot seat. I, I'm I'm automatically throwing PJ Fleck on the hot seat. I know he's probably not actually on the hot seat, but you just can't lose to Northwestern. There's also that kind of weird story about him uh, in the off season and kind of the culture there. So I don't know. I got him on the hot seat. Got Kirk Ferentz on the hot seat. I don't know if he actually is. He's royalty in Iowa, but he should be on the hot seat. And then fourth, he's definitely also not on the hot seat, but Dabo, I mean, at what point? I know Clemson fans worship the ground that he walks on, but I mean, geez, at what point do you, do you like, if this season goes even further south, lose to Syracuse, lose to North Carolina, two, two, three really tough seasons in a row for Clemson. At what point are you like, I mean, this guy was the lock for, to succeed Nick Saban at Alabama. At, at what point are you like, eh, I don't know. Uh, is, is Dabble all that in a bag of chips? We talked about him a lot this year, but I don't know. He's 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 not on a hot seat, but for me, if you know, if I was, for example, if if Dabo was at Alabama, he would have been fired already. Those fans are absolutely ruthless. They would have gotten rid of Bama fans. Won't put up for a nine and three season. They won't put up for a two losses in you know end of September. So Clemson not used to being good like before Dabo, but man, I don't know. It, they got to start getting wins. Yeah, he's got to get some wins. So I would, yeah, I guess I wouldn't say hot seat per se, but just something to keep an eye on. You know, I mean, like we said earlier, big game against Syracuse. That's a team they usually blow out of the water, but only seven point favorites and Syracuse is undefeated. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Yeah, and then just some players to watch uh, before we get out. Uh, who you got this week? Yeah, to spring the upset, give me KJ Jefferson. Uh, keep your eyes on him for Arkansas. Jack Plummer, Louisville's uh, sneakily 4-0 with Brom down there, now now leading the charge as the head coach. So keep an eye on him. Garrett Schrader just said Syracuse, 4-0 versus Clemson. Uh, if they're going to win this one at home, it's going to be him having a big game. So Garrett Schrader. And then last but not least, West Virginia's running back, C.J. Donaldson Jr. They're going to spring the upset too. I think it's on the ground. I think it's on the ground with him putting up big numbers versus uh, TCU. Yeah, uh, love those picks. The, that game, the Syracuse game, is in the Carrier Dome, so always a weird, tough place to play. I think they keep it close. Uh, and then Jack Plummer, I mean, keep an, eye, keep an eye on that Louisville game on, on Friday night. Yeah, I agree. That'll be a fun one to watch. I'm going a little bit different this week. You know, obviously, we, we usually go players. I'm going to – I do have two players, but I'm also going to give kind of two position groups. So I'm going with the Utah quarterback room. Who do they go with on Friday night? How do they work the snap count? Does Cam Rising play? Is it Nate Johnson? What do they do there? I think that's a huge, huge storyline. That might be uh, the biggest storyline, honestly, heading into to week five. And then I'm going with the USC defense. They didn't look great against Arizona State last weekend. We know they got torched against Utah last year twice. This is their first real test. And Colorado, for as bad as they were against Oregon, they still have a really good, uh, they have a really good offensive attack. So no Travis Hunter, I know, but I love Xavier Worthy. They got some good wideouts outside of Travis Hunter. Can they get to Shadur Sanders? Because I don't think their front's as good as Oregon. So I think Shadur's going to have more time to throw the football. And I don't know. He, he might be able to slice and dice USC. I really do think this game's going to be closer than the experts think. Just because, again, I'm not sold on USC's defense until they prove it to me. Uh, so we'll see on that one. And then Devin Leary, the quarterback for Kentucky, their first tough test of the year. He's an NC State transfer, was actually a candidate for the Notre Dame job before they got Sam Hartman. Uh, So expectations are kind of high for him. Obviously not Will Levis level, 
Uh, but I'm curious to see Kentucky play a real team this weekend. And then, I mean, you got to go with Jalen Daniels, my man from Kansas. I know I picked Texas minus 17, but if Kansas were to spring the upset, it would be from Jalen Daniels. He's electric to watch. He got banged up last year, and that's kind of why they fell off. Uh, but he's legit. So if, if they're going to want to have a chance to win this game, I think he's going to have to be really good. And, and he's just really fun to watch in general. So uh, he, he's kind of you know worth the price of admission, if you, if you wanted to, to say. Yeah, I like those picks. I think, like you said, watching the Utah quarterback room, we'll see because he's supposed to practice this whole week for Cam Rising. But does he go? Is he rusty? You know, got to have that defense show up too. Um, in, uh, in Corvallis this weekend, same thing goes for USC. You know, stop the bleeding at some point versus Colorado looking to get back on track. And, um, you know, Devin Leary, big task for him moving to the SEC. And they're sneakily 4-0. And then Jalen Daniels, if they're going to have any ch- chance against Texas, uh, down there in Austin, he's got to light them up and, and be dynamic. Absolutely, that that that'll be a fun one uh, to watch as well. But that is that's all we got for for the preview pod. We will be dropping our picks on our Instagram account, the Critics Corner Pod, Friday afternoon. So stay tuned for those. Uh, we're getting hot. I think we're kind of getting a feel for this season and who's good, who's not. So. Uh, hopefully these picks, hopefully, you know, they start churning some dubs for us and you guys in your bank accounts. Keep rolling them up. I think the hard ones are maybe don't put a little extra on the upset or the lock of the week. Those are tough to do. But I think the other ones, some of these pick like if you feel good or feel good about the line, definitely, definitely uh, take a look at those. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Joe, another great week uh, podcasting. Uh, these, these have been really fun. So we'll be back next week for for two more uh, thanks for coming on. Any any final thoughts before we uh, log off here? Another great slate. Excited to be in conference play here. Um, some great games, some good pick some good lines, um, some good matchups here for guys looking to see who's a contender, who's a pretender. So good time to be a college football fan for sure. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Remember, give us five-star review, drop a comment, let us know how we're doing. Helps boost the podcast and, and gets us to more listeners like you guys. So thanks again for listening. Catch you guys next week after week five. See you later.